0: how's it going hey faith is this a room in your place
1: uh this is my girlfriend's flat i'm in new york so oh,
0: nice i haven't been to new york all year and usually i make like at least two trips and i stock up on bagels oh yeah it's... <laughs> oh it's the best part yeah <laughs> i miss it well welcome to the frontier podcast i don't think we've had you on yet is this your first time
1: first time <laughs>
0: Well, Girish, I don't think we've actually talked on a video call since your onboarding several months ago. So let's start with just like a quick intro. Uh, Tell the folks who you are and maybe what you do here at GUN.
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Girish. Um, So I work as a technical talent advocate in GUN, Um, pretty much like helping developers onboard into our platform, asking them questions and making sure like, they're all set for success in in GUN. So really, that's what I do. Um, so yeah, I love that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you do, are you doing matches too? So when we get a new opportunity in, are you helping kind of figure out who's the best fit for that from the community?
1: Yeah, exactly. So the second part to my job is to help candidates get placed in certain uh, jobs that we got going. Uh, There are like five of us and I'm one of the guys trying to like look at candidates who applied for a role and making sure they're like, you know, right fit for that role and looking at what clients want. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty like a matchmaking process in the background, I guess.
0: Yeah. And you, I mean, you were a developer before this. And actually, I think I just saw that you got hired on a gig on the platform too. So you're like concurrently, you know, writing software and and doing this job, but walk me through maybe a little bit of your career arc. How'd you get here?
1: So I went to Cardiff, uh, Cardiff University in the UK. It's in Wales. That's completely on the different side of the ocean right now. (laughs) So um, I've graduated and I've been like standard guy, computer science, graduated and got into software and engineering. You know, I worked for an agency in Cardiff. I didn't like it. And then I got a really cool opportunity for a company in San Francisco to open office in London called Tivex. And I moved there to London. It was a pretty good opportunity like being an engineer growing uh the, being the first person in the company you know uh in london and that opportunity kind of like you know springboarded me for a, a you know a leadership role in the company uh been head of uk for them and subsequently like i ran like a, a networking group in london called hackernest that's you can search it up it's you know it's pretty common meetup program uh they started Canada, I think somewhere in the US. So they were opening in London. So I was new to London, so I didn't know much people. Pretty much like building my network in London was pretty challenging. So I was like, oh, let me run this meetup and like meet new people. And like, and all the tech founders and CTOs were all in the meetup. It was pretty cool, like having breakfast with them, coffees with them. So I pretty connected, plugged in right from the beginning. So I think from that, I got spinned out into two startups uh, trying to work with me. So while I was with TIVX, uh, in my spare time, building a, a brand new company from ground up was what I was doing. So I built like Optree and CyberSmart, two different companies. So proper hustler, you could say. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, built that, uh, scaled the team. So we had like team of like a um, couple of developers uh, in in these startups. But while Tivix was growing, we had like team of 20 people in London. So it's kind of like happened all parallelly. Um, so that's pretty much where I kinda like stood in and then I quit jobs with Tivix and joined a startup uh based in Bristol in the UK as a CTO full time. Um so that was pretty interesting. So then I kinda like moved into like taking a break and then found gun. Um so there's that.
0: And we snatched you up and we're like, we need you on the internal team.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's so silly because I applied in as a freelancer. So I was like traveling. I was in New York, exactly the same place, really. Like I was in a call uh, for onboarding in Ghana. I set up my profile, did all the standard process. And then uh, I had a call, onboarding call with uh, Francois, one of the TTA staffs there as well. And we were like, we hit it off. Like it was like instant connection. And he was like, man, uh, we should hire you. You should work for us. And and I had a call with DBG and like, like one thing led to another and ended up taking a TTA role in GUN. So pretty exciting. Now you're
0: here. We're very lucky. I have so many questions for you. I'm going to start at the top. First of all, have you seen Welcome to Wrexham? It's my only context around Wales.
1: Um, what's that? Sorry.
0: Oh my gosh. Maybe this is like an American show that like British people and Welsh people don't actually care about. So it's called Welcome to Wrexham. Okay. And it's about the Wrexham Soccer Club. Sorry, football club. And how it was purchased (laughs) by uh, Ryan Reynolds and the other guy. It's my family, like lineage is from Wales many hundreds of years ago. No way. Yes. (laughs) But they, I mean, they like came to... North America in the 1600s, so uh we don't have much connection anymore. But it was like the first kind of like education I've had in uh Wales, and it's all about a football club. So
1: no way, that's awesome. Highly
0: recommend watching. Yes, my second question is: Did I hear you correctly that in your spare time you were building two startups, basically from the ground up, and scaling yep. out those teams? Yeah, that's right. Okay, do you ha- Do you also have 24 hours in a day or like what's going on?
1: <laughs> no, um, I've always in my life been a programmer. So I enjoy writing code, uh, building uh, things from scratch. I'm a solid engineer in that area. I mean, I would not say solid. I would say like I'm an engineer who care about all these things. And I, I just get fascinated by breaking things and figuring things out. I think that's my DNA. I think when I was working with these Freelancers or like these founders who are like figuring out what they want to do, um, it always like bounces into like an idea conversation, saying like, "Hey man, I can help you build this kind of stuff," and uh, and it's pretty interesting what they are coming up with. So we bumped like we bumped head and like and it kind of worked out into a building a company. So I can tell you one story. It's like a cyber smart. Like um, the founder, Jamie. Uh we have friends. We met in our networking group. And uh one day uh I was giving a talk about, you know, security and stuff like that. I think sorry, it's uh, it's uh, Jamie who gave the talk around security, hacking devices and stuff like that. And then we kind of like chatted on like, hey, I can actually break your site and we can do this kind of thing. It's kind of spooky, but uh but that kind of like helped us to grow in, in our friendship. And one day we were flying to Lisbon for Web Summit and we are ended up in the same flight. So it was completely coincidence. And that's when he was pitching this idea, hey man, I want to build this app uh, where we can build um as this whole security platform, uh, where we can scan devices and and literally like give them cyber certifications in the UK. So that kind of led into like me writing the first code base for them and then using like platforms like Upwork to hire candidates uh Mm -hmm. i find no one gun then probably i'll probably (laughs) do (laughs) that yeah so i'm literally like growing the team so the team kind of like became like 23 people and i became hands off very quickly as uh, as we raised more capital and grown the business um so but i enjoyed doing that purely because like i just love seeing new things come alive and launching my first product hitting the like Database limits <laughs> right away It was like a, a scary uh, thing, but it's super thrilling. It's like uh, you know, like blood rush kind of thing, and I, you know, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, it's like what I would do is like try to make time and and, and make this happen because that's just a, a energy thing, I guess.
0: Right. It's interesting because I feel like for a lot of founders, especially if they're non technical, there's this really niche need for somebody. A consultant who isn't a full-time developer on their team, but can be kind of like the liaison and the interpreter for the founder. Yeah, and so I imagine at the beginning, that's a lot of like, okay, what what is it that we actually need to build, right? What what are the skill sets that I need here on the team? Yeah, um, and that's something that you know we we do in house here at Gun.io, but the other piece is like you know, as I'm not a developer myself. And I imagine that if I were founding a a technical company, and if I had my developer team built out, I'd still have some questions for somebody who's maybe like a third party, who could be like, okay, yeah, this is this is going according to plan. You know, this is maybe like a an area that you should pay a little bit more attention to, right. So I can see that being a something I could do in my spare time. But I still yeah, yeah. I still don't know how you did all that. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, even I don't know. It's just uh one after another led to that. And it kind of felt like a, a natural transition growing into that. You know, like yeah. I didn't want to be a CTO. I, I didn't have an ambition. I mean, I wanted to grow in my career. I want to be a product guy or like do something different. But I think being an engineer at a fundamental like trait I had kind of helped me to figure things out. as like, hey, we have this problem. How can we go and solve it? Using first principles and techniques, which I'm like, you know, as an engineer growing up, like those are the things I applied and it worked out well. And 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 the companies are still at float and they're doing well and they're growing a team of 50 now and, and I'm no longer part of it, but I, I can see all that happening. It's definitely like, you know, if you have the knack for it and you have the willpower, just go do it. You know, I also think one aspect of me kind of burges me in my head is like, if I don't do it, I'll regret it. Right. So I kind of push me to like, you know what? I don't want to say no for an answer. I want to just figure it out. And maybe nobody has done this before, so maybe I'm—I'll be the first one trying to figure this out. So I yeah. love that and uh, were kind of thing. It's a—it's a good thing and a bad thing, but that's what's going on in my life, right? Even right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's interesting because it's like—it's like FOMO you know, if you don't build it, someone else will. I feel that too, a lot. Yeah. What's also interesting is when we think of kind of like typical developer, at least for me, I don't think of someone who's like super excited to go out and network. And so, yeah, so I think it's really interesting that that seems to have been like a different, a huge difference maker in your career is just being committed to like so committed in fact to networking that you started that networking group in the UK did you find that people were excited to kind of join you in that or was it like you know pulling teeth
1: it was really good um it's um i've actually it's it's an established networking group uh called uh, Hacker Nest and they were looking for people to host a meet up in london so i naturally signed up to it and I ran two two years running that. It was pretty hard because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to reach and find venues and like organize something like that. That's not even what I do, you know, like it's not even like my thing. But I just enjoyed like meeting new people because everybody has an interesting story. And I, I generally like, I like it. I like to hear what they have to say and where they are in life. And I think the genuinity in like knowing somebody Kind of helped me in that path, but networking as itself is really fundamental to my career. Like, if I haven't done what I did with that neat meetup group, or like, or like even like gun as well, like trying to network with like the staffs I'm I'm part of, right? Like, I would have not been where I am. I would say it's just genuinely like taking genuine interest, like in people, kind of helped me uh, grow. Uh, to the place where I am right now. So I'm very grateful for that.
0: If somebody is listening and they're like, man, my, I have a network of one. <laughs> it's literally me because I work by myself all the time. How would you recommend that they start building their network like you did?
1: I think there are two types of people, right? Like people who are naturally extrovert, like want to meet new people, want to connect. And um, there's one side of people like that. They are organically good at like speaking to people. And there are introverts who are shy to kind of like open up a conversation i would say like read this book called how to win friends and influence, and influence
0: people <laughs> or dale, um,
1: <laughs> dale carnegie at the finest you know like he wrote this book a very long time ago and it's still relevant and i would say if, if you're an introvert if you never networked before read that book it gives you a basic framework of like how to you know approach somebody and like say the right thing at the right time um so i think that's what we struggle right when you meet a stranger you're like i don't know what to say mm-hmm. so i think learn the basic uh, what you need and and like go to meetup.com or like even bright or anything like that and find what you're good at like interested in your local neighborhood like for example if you're a, a go developer just go for a go meetup and if you love writing books Uh, go for like a literature meetup uh, or something similar to what your industry is and and go do one which is closer to you and one far away from you. Maybe go to a badminton. You never played badminton, but you're interested to learn about it. So just go to a sports one or like something like a breakfast club, which you've never done before. There are so many out there. You'll be surprised. It's a big rabbit hole. Once you open up, you'll find it. It might cost you some money sometimes, but it's okay. It's worth the price. When you meet up people one by one, uh, it starts building your confidence, and naturally, uh, you will become very natural among people. And that skill uh, kind of opens up opportunities. Um, so, which did for me, and I'm sure it'll do for everybody who tries it. And if I can do it, anybody can do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had like a New Year's resolution maybe two years ago to start building my network because I, you know, I was the only marketer on the team. Um, and Nashville's kind of, especially at the time was pretty new to tech. There wasn't like a huge community. And so I asked everybody who I really respected in tech to introduce me to two people and like, so tried to get to like the second level of my network and, you know, had coffee with them. But another thing that I did, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called lunch club.
1: Yeah. heard of lunch clubs.
0: Yeah. So Lunch Club, the website is actually like a matching algorithm. Oh, yeah. And so every week you get matched with somebody new from anywhere and you like say yes to having a 30 minute coffee um, on the day of your choice. And it was nuts because the first match I ever had was actually like someone I went to college with and knew. No way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, But I had no idea that we like worked in the same field. So it was just lunch clubs. Cool. If you want to just practice, like put the things that you learn when you read Dale Carnegie to practice in like a pretty low stakes environment, because, you know, you might never talk to that person again. So
1: I thought lunch clubs as a lunch club thing, because people do lunch clubs, uh, looks like Platform by itself, that's pretty cool, and definitely, you know, that seems like a cool idea. If you're venturing into things, that's awesome. Are you still active in lunch clubs at the moment?
0: Uh, I haven't done it in like, I don't know, probably eight months to a year, just because my calendar is chaos. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I could imagine that. Yeah, now, now my goal next year is to keep um, three days a week like totally clear. And so just okay. do, you know, Mondays and Wednesdays, back to back to back meetings, everything I have to do, and then keep those things clear. So we'll see. I'll, I'll yeah. keep you posted on my, my progress awesome. there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely a day without meetings is always a nice day uh, to just oh, yeah. like get your brain going, you know.
0: It's critical, especially, you know, if you're doing something that's kind of output and creative driven, you know, like coding is creative actually and you know what i do so it's it's impossible to do that in like the 30 minutes between meetings
1: that's uh, it comes under this thinking process of like make a schedule manage a schedule yeah. so if you're a maker you need the four-hour chunk to do something productive uh, don't come in one hour of coding you know it's never going to happen uh it, it could be like meeting people or like you know thinking workshops or whatever it is uh, mm-hmm. but if you're manager than just do a one-hour chunk that's where the traditional one-hour slots come in place it's pretty cool it's yeah. from Wycomator, the guys who uh, created or founded it that's uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool idea
0: yeah totally so you mentioned when you came to gun there was kind of this this shift where you're like you know i, I think i might take a little bit of a break and shift gears um, how did you know that it was time to kind of switch up what you were doing?
1: I like to have something to do. Uh, that's kind of my personality, I guess. Um, so when I took a two months break, it kind of really creeped up to me. Uh, you're in New York City. Things are happening. People are bustling and hustling to the where they need to get to. And you see that and the vibe is pretty awesome. And I wanted to work something for myself uh, on a project or build a new SaaS app or something like that. Um so but in order to kind of like keep going, I wanna like take up some freelance work on the side to like fund myself or like do something different. Um and I'm I, I think that's kind of what I was thinking in my head. Maybe I can get an opportunity in the US and like mm. try to work for an American client so I can be closer to the East Coast. Um it's kind of what I was thinking roughly in my head and just like started looking at companies who are like a job boards or like companies who are like open. Uh, to look for freelancers or hire freelancers. And then I found out GUN uh, at that time. So it's kind of like a neat thing um, that I wanted to do, I guess.
0: It's interesting because I feel like I was talking to a friend last night who is, you know, thinking about a shift. And it's, I feel like so many of us think of jobs as like, you keep it until something major happens, like you couldn't possibly stay there any longer because you're burnt out or because, you know, you leave not of your own accord. And I think it's like really powerful actually to keep track of the things that are most important to you consistently. Like it sounds like to you, it's like being close to the U S having a fresh challenge and maybe like flexibility right like pursuing something that's freelance
1: exactly i've been really fascinated by the async culture uh, i think gun follows it to some level at least the DevRel team yeah async is like where uh you can choose the hours you wanted to do and the way you wanted to do giving you time to uh to invest in like meetups for example or whatever right like uh you want to grow personally and professionally and uh you want to keep work as work uh in a good fashion so async culture was, like, very fascinating. And uh, when I was, like, having a chat with Francois the first time, I kind of saw how the DevRel team kind of has an async culture because we are all are in different time zones, the whole DevRel Right. Even though I'm not – in right now I travel to New York, but I also live in London most of my – best part of my time, right? Like, um, and being able to work with, you know, West Coast people or, like, even WG being in, like, Brazil, for example, it's like um, – It's like a time difference thing. So how can we work together collaboratively without overlapping that much? Uh, It's the solution is async. I think I was fascinated by that idea and like wanted to find out like freelance world is heavily dependent on that area. Right. Like so I wanted to see where I could how I could like find that out and do something like that. So Gun was like a perfect fit because we we have that kind of like semi-culture in that.
0: I actually just recorded an episode with Tasia about our, and Tasia and Abby, about our transition to remote and async and kind of where we are in that process and what we think we've won, what we think we've lost. And it's just like, it's fascinating to think about the ripple effects of moving to async, right? Like we inadvertently got really good at documentation. Like it was, we knew that documentation was a problem on the team, but nobody had to fix it because we were just around each other all day. And then, you know, going remote and people moving to new time zones and hiring people from across the world. It's like, it just became a necessity. Um,
1: Yeah. I think that's kind of what we advocate and gun in some sense, right? Like we have talent all across the world. You know, you guys got from, we got talent from Japan all the way to the U.S., right? Like East to West. You know, when I speak to companies as well, I try to say, like, hey, if you are hiring somebody international and not from your time zone, just be mindful of how you set up your culture and your async stuff. It'll, it's kind of funny. Some people say this, right? Like, oh, my developers are still coding while I sleep. So it's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Gun as a platform, you know, we find candidates all across the world. And I think one of the things we see that as well, like companies who are in Gun having that openness to, uh, you know, look beyond uh the US or the UK, uh, and, and like find talents which are really smart and diverse, self managed. Uh, and I see that happening, uh, in, in various roles, um, where the candidates are placed. It's pretty cool, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah,
0: it is really cool. It reminds me of a relay race. I need to draw this out for it to make any sense, but when I work synchronously with somebody let's say we're like writing we're writing a a blog post or something Yeah, we can't work on it at the same time because that's just not how a creative process works like one person has to work on it and then it's handed off to the next person and when you have people that are in opposite time zones that handoff can happen at the end of one person's day in the beginning of the next so you're not having that kind of like Full twenty four hour lag between work. It's interesting. It's interesting to think about like how to optimize that schedule to make work happen faster.
1: It's a growing, growing thing at the moment. Uh, even Spotify uh, recently uh, openly spoke about their remote culture and and the workforce kind of moved, had an opportunity to work from anywhere, and the retention increased by I think fifteen percent. Maybe something to check out. Wow. Uh, but definitely is a pretty awesome. Thing to be like thinking about, I guess.
0: I feel like we have so many subtopics to invite you back to talk <laughs> yeah. about during another right. episode. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this has been awesome. It's been really fun to kind of get to know your story a little bit better. Now we have it on video that you've inadvertently signed up to help us with networking events. So um, <laughs> we'll be following up with that. You can find, if you're listening and you're part of the Gun.io network, you can find Girishan Cantina on our Slack community um or also just you know reach out to us and we'll give you the intro so yeah cool uh well enjoy your time in new york i hope you have lots of bagels and (laughs) the weather isn't too crappy for you thanks for listening to the frontier podcast powered by gun.io We drop two episodes per week. So if you like this episode, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice and come hang out with us again next week and bring all your internet friends. If you have questions or recommendations, just shoot us a Twitter DM at The Frontier Pod and we'll see you next week. Hopefully it'll be fun. We have Bill as our producer and just really good at making everything sound clean and concise and everything. So it should be pretty low pressure.
1: I love that. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's good. Thanks for listening to the frontier podcast produced by gun.io. We're the only freelancing platform where engineers actually go to hire other engineers. If you want to learn more about how to hire or freelance with us, head over to gun.io and get in touch. Let us know you heard the podcast and we'll pay for your first 10 hours with a kick-ass engineer.